0: News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro. He is uh, loaded and ready for bear. Alex, ready for your questions. Indeed, phone lines open. Look at that. It's magic. 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. We're ready to go here. Topics for tonight, all kinds. And, of course, your phone calls always have top priority. We will get into mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. And uh, that is an open topic for you to call in uh, to as well. Want to send along an email? Simple help at employmentlawyer.ca for the next little while. Covidrights.ca is a uh, a website chock full of information, including how to navigate the CERB if you're still confused about that. And and those calls too, by the way, for the last few weeks, Alex has been pretty busy with COVID nineteen calls, uh, coronavirus calls. From both uh, employers and employees, so uh, don't hesitate to uh, to call us right now with questions about COVID-19. We'll continue to answer those as long as this is still a thing, so we're looking at weeks and weeks still. I would imagine that people are still going to be uh, having questions about this when it comes to the workplace and their job life. So there you go. Bring it all on. doesn't matter. Uh, workplace rules and uh, employment laws still apply, so know that knowledge anyway. 613-521-TALK is a way to call into the show now live. Alex, how are you, pal?
1: Hey, John, thanks very much. Great to be live uh, on the air for another edition of the Employment Law Show. Hope you're doing well, staying uh, safe and sound at home.
0: Yeah, missing nothing but the gym. Other than that, I'm fine. The gym's killing me, but other than that, I don't mind it.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) We're now, uh, what uh, what are we into this, uh, the fifth week, I think, of this ordeal, kind of uh, social distancing and and whatnot. And, and, you know, for us here uh, at the firm, it's been another – Another busy week. We've spoken to so many people, uh, John, about their employment situations. We're really, I think, starting to see the the uh, severity of the situation and how it's going to be impacting people, uh, people's employment moving mm-hmm. forward. And, and, you know, understandably, people have questions. They have questions about uh, their workplace rights. Uh, whether they've been laid off or permanently let go or any other issue for that matter uh, with respect to, to employment, with respect to their work. We've really seen it all over the past uh, m- month yeah. or so. And really, you know, we welcome those kinds of questions and really any and all questions. Uh, John, if you want to contact us during business hours and you want to talk to us privately, that's okay. We'll give you that information. Or, you know, right now, feel free to take advantage. We're live on the air until 8 p.m. Uh, call in with your questions about your job, about your workplace, What your boss can and cannot do, how COVID-19 is impacting you at work, uh, any health and safety issues, maternity leaves, what benefits you're entitled to, uh, CERB, EI, really whatever the question is, you know, you're not going to solve a workplace problem. By staying silent, by just sitting on it. So let's talk about it, uh, so that you know how things work, so that you know what your rights are as an employee. You know, as as we say time and time again, uh, uh, John, and and um, you know, we've we've kind of preached it over the past month or so even more. Employment law hasn't changed. Your rights in the workplace are still the same. They haven't mm-hmm. gone anywhere, uh, and it's ex- extremely important to keep that in mind. So listen. With all of that uh, said and out of the way, let's start the show off. As we usually do uh, with with a segment we call The Week That Was, uh, it's an opportunity to talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk, actually just today came across my desk, uh, John. So these are fresh live issues, COVID-related, nice. that I think are important to share uh, with our listeners and with, uh, and with the general public. So first matter, John, uh, is a gentleman I spoke to uh, today, very nice fellow in his mid-50s, Uh, 20 years of service uh, with the same company. It's a national uh, uh, well-known company, Uh, most recently in a computer analyst uh, uh, position, so kind of a technical position, and um, I mean, this situation really made my blood boil, uh, uh, John, which is why I think it's important to share. the company was going through a difficult time, trying to figure out how it's going to be operating moving forward with with respect to COVID-19 and 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 working remotely. It was still considered a an essential business, so it hadn't been shut down. You know, it wasn't a a hair salon uh, or or a restaurant right. uh, or anything like that that was ordered shut. So it was still operating, uh, still work to do with respect to the business. And and, and this uh, gentleman was terminated, so his, his employment was permanently uh, terminated. He was let go without any kind of notice so on the spot and he was offered absolutely zero for severance not because he did something wrong so this was not a cause termination and not not because the company was going bankrupt or for any you know financial reason Uh, they blamed it simply on on COVID-19 and the impact that was having on the workplace, and they said, "Well, because of COVID nineteen, we think this is." Uh, they claimed it's a, a frustration of contract, which is a legal term. Yeah. I won't get into the weeds about John, but they they basically said, "Yeah, because of the situation, listen, we're letting you go, and we're not offering you anything." Uh, w- which okay. um, you know, this this is not an, a legal term, uh, John, but I'll be frank about it. That is absolute nonsense. That is ridiculous uh, yep. and a ridiculous uh, position for an employer to take uh, this gentleman was terminated without cause uh, and therefore he is owed severance full stop period regardless of the circumstances regardless of covid-19 uh, and and whether the company is doing well financially or not Uh, There is no excuse, and I repeat, no excuse not to pay an employee severance when they're let go in a situation like this. Uh, Again, this gentleman was in his 50s with 20 years of service in a technical position. Mm. He's going to be looking at probably something in the range of 18 to 20 months as a severance package, and instead he was offered absolutely zero, uh, nil. Brutal. And that just is not going to do it. It's not going to cut it for employers. Lots of employers are handling these kinds of situations properly, uh, uh, John, and doing the right thing and trying to help their employees while at the same time still managing to you know, to keep the business running and profitable. This isn't the way to handle a workplace situation. You don't just let an employee go for no particular reason uh, without severance. That kind of situation is reserved for the most egregious uh, of circumstances. And that those circumstances are either an, you have cause to let an employee go, meaning that employer has uh, discovered that the employee has committed some sort of gross misconduct or some sort of huge kind of uh, gross negligence, in which case maybe you can let that employee go without severance or, or notice, and you know that's very difficult to do. That's the exception, certainly. Or alternatively, if a company goes bankrupt, well then you know what, you probably won't get much, if any, severance out of that situation. Neither of those is the case in this gentleman's situation, and so we're going to be pursuing this employer. And the the the, the frank reali- reality, John, is that this employer Mm -hmm. employer is in big trouble because they they made a decision uh, like this. They're going to have to pay this gentleman severance, and they might even have to pay more than that uh, in the form of additional damages because of the way in which they've treated him, not the way to deal with an employee in a situation like this, uh, John, and it's something that that we're going to be addressing in the coming weeks and uh, will likely resolve sooner rather than later.
0: Well, I mean, always the silver lining with those uh, stories is the fact that he uh, he made the call and, and got a hold of you. So it's it's good. It's going in the right direction for sure. We'll take our, our first break of the night here. As Alex mentioned, you want to reach out privately anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The number 1-855-821-5900 you can use as well. But to call here for the remainder of the time we're on air here tonight, make that phone call. Make it worth it. Really simple to, to dial in and get some questions answered. 613-521-TALK. I see you there, Natalie. You were up after the break. This is the Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luciferro on News Talk 580 CFRA and we are back at 718 you have plenty of time to call in ask your questions whether it's about normal employment law matters in your life or if it has to do with COVID 19 we've been uh, circulating around those questions for weeks now but bring them on that's why that's why alex is here you can answer anything you need 613-521-TALK in that regard we will get to natalie natalie thank you uh, so much for hanging on through the break how are you tonight
2: hi good how are you
0: great what's uh what's your concern
2: um, so basically, my employer, I'm still at work. I'm working from home. Um, and uh, I have some work to do, but not enough really to get me through the day. But we're still working from home. And my employer told me that they'll keep me on until like working from home won't lay us off. But then they're telling us that we have to use uh, one week of our vacation during this time. Just wondering if they can do that.
1: It's a good question, Natalie, and it's one that we've gotten lots over the past uh, few weeks. And and generally, the answer is yes. An employer is allowed uh, to tell you when you can use uh, vacation. So it's one of those tools that an employer has in their tool belt in a situation like this that they can actually use, and that uh, you know it is is not necessarily. A, uh, a bad fix to the problem of maybe a, a lighter workload of or, or you know, being mm-hmm. unable to work for that matter. So I do think it's something that, that you have to accept. Having said that, I think uh, if the company starts taking measures beyond the use of vacation pay, if they are st- starting to talk about temporary layoffs or significant work reductions or pay cuts or anything along those lines, that's where we start to run into potential problems and where you have uh, much stronger rights and you'd have the ability to refuse those kinds of significant changes. But vacation uh, isn't one of those. So I think you've okay. got to go along uh, with that. If things do become much more serious than that as, as we move forward, uh, then I'd suggest, you know, give us a call uh, or, you know, send us an email offline and we can, uh, we can get into those details if need be. Perfect. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Natalie. Appreciate that. Here is that number to reach out. Uh, write it down. Keep it. It's one 855 that will put you in touch with Alex or a member of the, uh, the team at the firm. You can email as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And just so you know, tons of information. In fact, it's it's, it's literally like having a, a, an employment lawyer in your pocket. It's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There is all kinds of employment law information on that website, including how to uh, calculate your severance as well, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of the show, it is, as you know, 613-521-TALK. We have open lines. We are ready for you. Feel free to uh, to use them and call in and ask your questions. Uh, mistakes every, or at least not every, but mistakes employers make because they uh, just don't know any better. I love this topic, especially if we have a bunch of employers listening. Sometimes it's a bit of a eureka moment, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, uh, uh, John. And we're, you know, the the difficult uh, thing is that we're seeing lots of employers make these kinds of mistakes mm-hmm. uh, now. Lots of employers are in kind of panic mode, and they're either making decisions off the cuff. You know, as explained in in. in uh, our first segment in the week that was, employers are, are, are just kind of scrambling and, and and aren't making decisions with proper legal advice from an employment lawyer. And that's costing the employee initially and then costing the employer as well, because ultimately yeah. they're going to be responsible uh, at law. So yeah, let's talk about a couple of, uh, of these uh, issues. Some of some of them we've touched on before, but I think they're important to reemphasize in this current state of affairs, in this current situation of, of COVID-19.
0: Yeah, and you're you're mentioning right there of of the cost of the mistake dovetails nicely into the first one. That is when uh, terminating employees, employers only provide the minimum amount of severance under the uh, ESA, the Employment Standards Act. That uh, that that can cost them.
1: Absolutely, and listen, we've you know even regardless of uh, of COVID nineteen, and and you know we've been saying this over the years you know, almost every severance package, or probably literally 90% of the severance packages uh, we see, John, are are deficient, meaning they're offering something less than what that employee uh, is is actually owed. And a lot of times what employers will do is they'll offer kind of the bare-bones minimum that they have to, which is the amount that's required under a piece of legislation called the Employment Standards Act. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality is that that's just a floor. You know, that just represents the absolute, like I said, bare-bones minimums of what an employer owes. The reality is That almost all employees are owed their full severance entitlements. Full severance entitlements are based on age, position, and years of service. And and I would say, always, if not almost always, John, that amount is significantly, significantly more than what's going to be called for in the Employment Standards Act. So, you know, again, in a situation like this where an employer is maybe panicking and they're having to make decisions on their own and maybe they're not getting proper advice or they're trying to cut costs as much as possible. Uh, and especially in situations where you know some employees have been initially laid off and now they're being formally terminated either because it's been too long or or because simply the company's made the decision to let them go they're offering this bare bones minimum uh, amount and, and that's not going to cut it, especially in a situation like this where the economy uh, is is struggling, those employees aren't going to be finding work anytime soon and, and soon and so they're owed the maximum amount of severance possible. And again, those are going to be your full entitlements. It's going to be based on an employee's age, position and years of service, and it's going to be far more than what those minimum entitlements are. So uh, you know that's one mistake that we're seeing very often. I mean we've always seen that mistake. Uh, across the board, uh, but we're seeing oh. it, we're seeing it especially now, uh, given the current state of affairs.
0: These are your common law rights, is what they're referred to, and they're just exactly. as uh, yeah. just You've as abundant it. as they should be, right? Yeah, exactly. You've we're talking it. it's about called, mistakes. It's called- Com- it's Sorry, called common
1: law notice or common law severance. Mm-hmm. It's referred to sometimes as reasonable notice of his t- of termination. Like right. I said, it's it's severance based on age, position, and years of service. And every employee, John, is entitled to those common law rights, to that common law uh, uh, severance, unless you have a contract in which you've contracted out of those rights. Right. And, and very few employees have those kinds of contracts. And a lot of those contracts that exist are, are unenforceable. Uh, and, and so lots of employers and employees, for that matter, get that stuff wrong.
0: Again, 613-521-TALK. you have questions about this topic that we're going through now, or if you have uh, questions about COVID-19 and the CERB, bring it all on. It's all under the employment umbrella. That's why we do the show here every week. Number two, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. Putting Oh, this one's big now. This one's so big right now, and that is putting an employee on a temporary layoff, thinking that it's okay to do so.
1: Yeah, extremely topical, uh, yeah. John. And we've seen lots of these. We've spoken to lots of employees who have been temporarily uh, uh, laid off, and and uh, so we've you know we've spoken about it on the, on the show for you know the past the past few weeks at the very least. But but again, let me let me set the record straight for uh, for all our listeners uh, out there. Uh, unless, as an employee, you have a term in your contract that allows the company to lay you off. Or alternatively, unless you've been laid off before, meaning mm-hmm. unless it's, it's an actual implied term of your employment because you've been doing it maybe year in, year out or, or seasonally as a seasonal employee, an employer has absolutely no right to temporarily lay off an employee. Uh, even in these situations, even because of COVID, if you are considered an essential business and the business is still up and operating, even if it's remotely from home or, or virtually online, uh, an employer does not have the right to put you on the bench, tell you that you're not going to be paid anything, or maybe you just get, get your benefits and to sit tight and, 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 you know, wait till we re- recall you. That is a significant, significant, probably the most significant change sure. that an employer can make to your employment to the terms of employment and what that means is that you don't have to accept that change that requires consent on the part of the employee and an employee doesn't have to consent um, they can say you know what no i'm not accepting the temporary layoff i'm going to treat this as a termination and obtain my severance entitlements and again going back to severance it's probably going to be based on your age position and years of service and it's not going to be a couple of weeks of pay it's likely going to be several months of pay if not more The danger, John, again, as we've discussed on on this show time and time again, the danger in accepting a temporary layoff is you are giving the company then that tool to use time and time again moving forward. Meaning if you accept the layoff now, there's nothing stopping the company from three months from now or six months from now or two years from now, temporarily laying you off again. And if that happens again, you have no recourse at that time. You've already accepted the layoff as a term of your employment and now you're stuck with it. You've got to live with that decision that you made. So lots of employees are are deciding to treat their temporary layoffs as a permanent termination, obtaining severance packages and moving on with mm-hmm. their careers, that may not be the right choice for every single employee, but it is going to be the right choice for a lot of employees, especially those employees who fear being temporarily laid off in in the future. As I said on the show last week, that is a big right to give up to an employer, and you don't necessarily want to do that.
0: And that, I mean that's the thing, and you've discussed this before. That if you let it happen once, it becomes an implied term of your contract uh, moving forward. So they can do it again, whether it's six days or six years from now, like you just said. But yeah, do you think there's any wiggle room on the on the part of an employee saying, you know, I'd let you do it one time because of COVID nineteen? I know you were you were in dire straits, but I'm not making this a regular thing of my, of my employment. You, I won't let you do this again. Or is that something that they should put in writing if this comes down the pike?
1: I mean, when it comes to to these kinds of of conversations, you always want to put something in writing, John. So any mm-hmm. kind of agreement, uh, e- even if it's something like that, would absolutely need to be put in writing. Mm-hmm. That is a position that an employee can take uh, to their employer and say, and you know, send them an email saying the HR or the or the owner of the business or your manager an email saying, uh, you know, I'm agreeing to this as an exceptional case. I don't want to be laid off uh, in, in the future. That may do the trick. Uh, John, but, you know, if the company doesn't necessarily agree or respond to that, you're still right. opening yourself up to some liability there. There's no guarantee yeah. that they might not try it again. And you're not, you know, it, it's not a perfect defense. And, and so again, it's a risky, risky position. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's not, uh, it's not a decision. It's not a change I would really advise employees to accept. Copy that.
0: We'll, uh, we'll get right back to more uh, stuff that employers often get wrong, and you want to make some phone calls in that regard, you have something scratching your head about you don't know, call us or a COVID-19 question, something with the CERB. It's all open for discussion, 613-521-TALK. It's a number. you got lots of time. This is the Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we are back indeed. That number is 613-521-TALK to talk to us here on the air and ask your questions. You want to reach out afterwards, get a hold of Alex Simple, help at employmentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900. Anytime you like, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The severance pay calculator is up there, so you can uh, check that out. And in covidrights.ca, information about, of course, COVID rights, COVID-19, the, uh, the pandemic, and the CERB as well. I'm uh, going to move over to uh, to Greg on the phone line. Greg, thanks for uh, hanging on with us. How are you?
2: Not too bad. And yourself?
0: Good, brother. What's, uh, what's on your mind?
2: Well, my brother is a a unionized sheet metal worker in Ottawa. Obviously, all the job sites have been closed down. And one of the uh, rules of COVID, uh, getting the uh, assistance, is he had to have made $5,000 last year, which he didn't, uh, because of a family uh, member passing away and so on. Uh, That's beside the point, but... The fact of the matter is he's on social assistance right now, which is $800 a month, uh, which he can't make it on. But, uh, you know, according to Trudeau, no one's going to slip through the cracks here, but it looks like he will. Um, because he's, I'm just trying to figure out whether or not he is, you know, eligible for the CERB somehow. Um, now they're saying if he didn't make $5,000 last year, he didn't work last year. He's not working now because he's on the list to go back to work as a unionized sheet metal worker, but there's no work, of course. So that's basically his problem.
1: Yeah, and that's and that is a difficult situation, uh, Greg, uh, because you're right. Uh, in order to qualify for the CERB benefit, you need to be able to confirm that you've earned more than five thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or greater uh, in uh, in 2019. And if it's if that's not the case for your brother or your brother-in-law, uh, th- then brother, uh, yeah. then then that's not going to be possible. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, the CERB is is out uh, as far as regular employment insurance uh, goes. Uh, I believe, uh, and I'm going off the top of my memory here, but I believe you would have had to accumulate anywhere between uh, about 400 and 700 hours of insur- insurable employment in order to yeah. qualify for EI. So That's right. depending on how long uh, he's been working, uh, he may or may not qualify for regular EI if he's been uh, laid off. But uh, yeah. you, can
2: see, you can see what I'm saying, though. He's like, at this point, uh, one of the poorest of the poor working, you know,
1: mm-hmm. a, a working
2: guy that's a unionized worker waiting to go back to work. But he's, uh, you know, it, according to Trudeau, no one's going to slip through the cracks here on the CERB, and I believe the poorest of the poor will slip through the cracks.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you, Greg. And, and you know, the reality, the, the the stark reality of the situation is that, you know, this... Uh, you know this insurance plan these emergency benefits are far from perfect. Uh, this yeah. is one example of exactly uh, you know of, of those kinds of individuals that are falling mm-hmm. through the ca- cracks. If I can give another example as well that we've actually uh, that we've actually seen we've seen mm-hmm. some some women who have been laid off. Uh, and due to go on maternity leave in the coming months, be denied the CERB as well because they're going to be going on EI in the near future. And for one reason or another, and this is, this is a ludicrous decision on the part of the federal mm-hmm. government. And I don't know whether it's, it's, uh, simply some sort of glitch or, or whether it's a purposeful decision, but, uh, those, uh, women, who are again are going on maternity leave have been denied the CERB benefit and are being paid some sort of measly amount of employment insurance instead those are two pretty obvious examples uh, of how this program is falling short you know that said um you know i i think in kind of short order it it's the best the government can do hopefully <coughs> uh... as we move forward with this and whether it's the wage subsidies uh... that are coming through to help employers or whether it's the emergency benefits to help employees hopefully the more we go through this uh... these you know these uh... cracks uh... in the in the pavement will be fixed and filled and uh... you know someone like your brother who's clearly fallen through the cracks uh, Mm -hmm. can either get back to work through that wage subsidy program or alternatively qualify for the benefits
2: you know, you say, you know, and it's it's probably tens of thousands of people across the across Canada, you know, who are waiting to go back to work, who didn't meet these regulations that, you know what, Trudeau, they're all slipping through the cracks, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah, the yeah poor fair enough, the poor, So yeah, They're the poorest so of the poor, so, you know, you, what are you doing, only helping the middle class and up? Is that the idea? Because that's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah. Now listen, I take your point Greg and and you know, I'll I'll stay out of the politics because I know it's a difficult yep. situation, but uh uh no, but listen, we've got to do what we can for these employers and and for the employers as well, right? Without w- without businesses out there that are that are profitable and thriving, we uh we we're, we're, you know, we're not going to be even able to have these kinds of conversations about employees. So, That's it's got to be a decision that uh, that benefits everyone.
0: Greg, appreciate the call. We're going to move on. You know, it's funny, you know, this that CRB was something they put together in a matter of two weeks. Normally, that would take, you know, a year and a half of legislation. So, yeah, it's going to have some faults, and I know it's an organic thing, and they're always, you know, like you said, filling in the cracks and improving. I mean, two weeks ago, you know, if, if you lost your job or self-employed and you, you made a dollar left over from your income, you didn't qualify. That's been fixed. So, I mean, they're getting to it piece by piece, right? So
1: They are. Slowly we'll, but surely, yeah. John, they're, they're getting yeah. there. And like you said, just last week, they announced that, um, you know, uh, previously you know if if you earned even uh you know $100 in a week then you wouldn't qualify for CERB they've now mm-hmm. changed that such that you can earn up to $1000 yep. um and uh and and you'd still qualify uh mm-hmm. for the CERB benefit which again might have its own little kinks and and, and drawbacks i mean d- do you get the full $2000 benefit if you've still earned the $1000 or do you get just the right. the additional $1000 those kinds of questions haven't necessarily been cleared up yet um but um you know we're going to we're going to get there I think in in the end and you know appreciate the call from from Greg because those are important questions that our listeners uh should have answers to and and uh, to a large extent we have those uh, answers but listen mm-hmm. the legislation and the regulations are still developing and as those developments uh continue and as as those changes happen we're going to be the ones that are going to be uh, there to answer everyone's questions
0: You bet. That's why you bring on that phone call, uh, 613-521-TALK, to talk to us just like Greg did. Call us here on the show. In the meantime, talking about mistakes employers make uh, because they just don't know any better. And this one is, uh, we get this, we have for every show we've had for the years we've been doing this, and that is not properly distinguishing between an independent contractor and an employee. This one's a huge one, right?
1: It absolutely is. And again, it's, uh, you know, even in, even in times, uh, like this, you know, contractors are having their, their contracts terminated, so to speak, and, and they're reaching out to us and they're saying, Hey, what can I do here? Uh, you know, I'm an independent contractor. I don't know what to do. Should I just walk mm-hmm. away? And and we'll have those conversations and go through an assessment of okay well are you really an independent contractor or are you in fact an employee uh, you know and, and the main criteria are you know do you work for the same company uh, do they set your schedule do they give you the materials that you need to do to use your job do you hold yourself yeah. out as an employee of the company are you are you part of the organizational structure and, and you know oftentimes John and I would say you know at least probably eight or nine out of ten times you know we we you know answering uh, those few you know those you know five or six questions we come to the realization and this these individuals come to the realization that they are in fact employees and yeah. not independent contractors which opens up a whole new world of uh, of rights and possibilities for these in, individuals. I mean, they come to us thinking, I'm done. I, you know, I lost my contract with this company. I have nothing now. No one else is hiring, so I'm, I'm stuck. And, and, you know, the good news is we can tell these individuals, well, listen, you are likely an employee. You are almost certainly an employee. Even if you're not an employee, you might be what we called, what we call a dependent contractor. And either way, you're owed severance. It doesn't matter that the company let you go without any notice. Uh, you know, with a couple of phone calls, uh, we can probably get this matter sorted out and we can get you a reasonable severance package that will hold you over. Until you can find you work, and hopefully holds yeah. you over through this crisis. So again, it's, an, it's a you know it's a mistake that employers often uh, make. Even if you're dealing with contractors or with, with people that you believe to be contractors, number one, they're likely employees. Be mindful of that. And number two, mm-hmm. even if they're contractors, offer them either some sort of reasonable notice of their termination or some sort of reasonable yeah. severance package. They deserve it just as much as an employee deserves it.
0: uh, Mistakes employers make because they don't know any better. We'll continue with this list, chop it down, and uh, wait for some phone calls, too. You still got some time. You have questions about anything we've talked about, COVID-19, CERB, bring it on. That's why we do the show every week. It is uh, 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with Employment Lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is uh, time to get right back at it here at uh, 749. You still have some time to call in, ask your questions 613-521-TALK. If not, you can reach uh, Alex after the show. And that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email address, 1-855-821-5900. You can also use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime. All kinds of information on there. There's no charge for the, uh, for use of the website. Nobody's going to call you. It's all good. You can just disappear anonymous. Or there is a contact button at the top right, a yellow one, on, uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you wish to go on with more information and contact, uh, contact the guys. Let's get to an email. Sean writes in, says, uh, my employer, Alex decided to scrap the bonus plan for all employees. All of a sudden, I feel like watching Christmas Vacation. Uh, says I usually get 10k a year bonus. Wow, what can I do?
1: Yeah. So, and, and you know, this is a situation. Uh, again, I hate to tie everything to COVID nineteen, John, John. But uh-huh, we're seeing yeah. lots of employers uh, either introduce salary reductions, or in this case, and and kind of unsurprisingly, uh, scrapping bonuses and bonus plans uh... for the year and 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 the answer is actually a little more complicated than a straightforward you know they can or they can't do this uh... uh, john but i'll try and make it uh... make it simple and quick uh... Any kind of significant change to someone's pay is going to be considered what we call a constructive dismissal, meaning that employee doesn't have to accept, accept that reduction in pay, and they can instead treat that as a termination and and leave and get a severance package. Now, the question of what, what a significant change in pay is going to be depends on what that employee uh, earns. So in a case like this what do we know from Sean's email? We we know that uh his pay his bonus of usually 10k a year is is getting cut. Okay, well, you know what? If Sean's base salary is 50 grand a year, which means that he earns let's say 60 total, you know what? A 10k a $10,000 reduction in your pay when uh-huh. you're earning $60,000 a year is actually a pretty significant change uh... to your overall compensation it's probably what and i haven't done the math but it's probably almost a yeah, twenty percent uh... That. you know reduction or so and that is a big change uh... and so in a case like sean's you know what this is going to be considered a constructive dismissal sean would have the option of either accepting that change or rejecting it and, and you know effectively uh... requesting a severance package and negotiating a severance package and and leaving his employment to use another example If Sean was earning $150,000 a year as a base salary and his bonus is $10,000 a year, you know what? I hate to break it to Sean, but that's not going to be a significant enough change. Uh, that's, you know, it's less than, let's say, 10% of, of even your total compensation package. And, and in a situation like that, as, as difficult as it is to lose 10 grand a year in your salary, yeah. it, you know, if you're if you're earning $150,000 a year otherwise, that's probably not a significant enough change and therefore not a constructive dismissal. So the answer for Sean, I would say, depends on what his total compensation package is. Mm. If it's going to be a significant change, then there's it's going to be a uh, constructive dismissal and he can reject that uh, reduction if he's earning way more than than $50,000 a year and and I would generally say that the the scale here change starts to change at about the 10% mark. If if the change or the reduction in pay is about 10% or more, you're now starting to move into constructive dismissal territory. Right. That's not it's not an exact number, that's not a rule, sure. uh, but that's an approximation and usually a correct one. So uh, yeah, I guess you know the uh, the typical lawyer answer to that question, John, is it depends, and it depends on all of those variables.
0: Sean, you nailed the email. Here's the uh, here's the number for a phone call if you want to carry on. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But you still have a few minutes if you want to call us here at the uh, the radio station six one three five two one. Talk with our remaining time on air. Uh, Beth writes in with a COVID question. Actually she says, uh, Alex, I work in retail. My employer is continuing to pay me during the temporary store closure. However, this past week, they told us to come into the store for at least one shift a week. Otherwise, we will either have to take an unpaid temporary leave of absence or quit. Do I have to go into work?
1: Yeah, interesting question, uh, uh Beth. And so, you know, I, I don't particularly like the fact that the company is saying, you know, either come in or, or we're going to consider you to have quit or, or, or to take a leave of absence. Having said that, I, I do think that if your employer is continuing to fit, pay your full salary, uh which, which uh certainly is the right call in my opinion i think an employer that can do that that is able to do that should be doing that even in a in a store closure situation uh listen if they're asking you to work uh, one day a week in exchange for you know your full pay i think that's a reasonable uh request right. You know, to to touch on maybe a health and safety issue, I think that if you're going into an actual workplace, even just one day a week, you want to make sure, that your employer is taking all of the necessary precautions uh, as far as COVID-19 goes, meaning... Proper social distancing, uh, proper cleanliness in the work environment. Make sure there's hand sanitizer everywhere. Make sure that the workspace is, is uh, open and 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 that you have plenty of space between you and and other colleagues. And if all of those health and safety measures are being followed, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to go into your work workplace once a week, especially if your your employer is paying you full salary. I think uh, I think that makes uh, actually good sense and is a reasonable move on part of the employer.
0: Before those emails came in, we were getting through our list of uh, mistakes employers make because they just don't know any better. Next one down the list is this: terminating an employee without providing notice of termination in writing.
1: Yeah, uh, another we, uh, mistake we see with uh, typically, John, we see with unsophisticated employers. Yeah. Uh, so either small business owners who you know, uh, you know, w- without any blame, really, just simply don't know the way employment law works, uh, or uh, you know, medical offices sometimes, and even dentists uh-huh. are kind of notorious for this kind of stuff. Not to, you know, not to point fingers, but, uh, you know, it is the case that, the, 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 you know, those are the employers that we oftentimes see with these kinds of problems. And that is not putting a termination in writing. Uh, number yeah. one, it's a requirement of the Employment Standards Act. In order to actually let an employee go, you have to put something in writing to the employee. Uh, otherwise, it effectively doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a huge risk for an employer, right? Imagine letting an employee go and you give them some sort of notice, but it 's not in writing. that notice is not going to count for anything it won 't count for severance it won 't count for notice under the employment standards act and you you 're going to end up having to pay that employee yeah. that notice that you gave and probably then some uh, because usually uh, you know employees actually owe severance over and above any notice they provide and so again a huge huge risk and a huge mistake that employers make not putting this stuff in writing not only is it a breach of the employment standards act but it will likely cost that employer in the long run because it won't count if it's not in writing uh, it it comes down to a question of evidence and whether the termination was clear and unequivocal that is the those are the words that the law wor- uses and if it's not in writing Uh, you may very well have it contested as to whether it even actually happened or not or whether the notice was proper or not. And again, that's going to end up costing the employer likely thousands and thousands of dollars.
0: Another big one that employers do, and we call this pulling the trigger early, that is firing an employee for cause when they actually don't have cause.
1: Yeah, and and uh, cause, as we've discussed on, on the show plenty of times, to have cause for termination is when an employee has done something so terribly wrong, so you know, so abhorrent that it's basically a breach of contract. It's a breach of the employment relationship, and we're talking about kind of the worst of the worst behavior that we can think of uh, in in the workplace. So theft. You know, physical violence, even even sometimes, you know, gross kind of verbal abuse is is going to be considered cause uh, for for termination. Those kinds of uh, of items are going to be considered cause for termination. However, what ends up happening, John, is you know, as we've spoken about plenty of times, is employers uh, will, as we say, pull the trigger too quickly uh, and terminate an employee for cause when they've done something. Perhaps they've some they've done something wrong, but not so terribly wrong that it's a cause termination Mm -hmm. maybe it's grounds for a write-up or grounds for a suspension and maybe it isn't quite frankly sometimes employers get that wrong as well but oftentimes companies will see a kind of minor breach or a a minor transgression and blow that up to cause for termination and again that is going to be a very very expensive mistake for an employer because that employee even if they did do something wrong if it's not cause, they're owed their full severance. There's yep. no discount, there's no credit that an employer somehow gets because the employee may have done some, some something minor, minorly wrong, and so it's going to cost the employer. The employer is going to have to pay that employee their full severance based on their age, position and years of service and, you know, potentially even uh, additional damages because of, of the way in which that employee was treated. So, before an employer ever makes the decision to terminate an employee for for a cause, number one, you, that employer needs to get proper legal advice from an employment lawyer. And number two, you probably want to create a record of previous write-ups yeah. and and, and uh, warnings before, uh, again, you pull that trigger of a for-cause termination.
0: You bet. It's either cause or not cause. There's no, almost cause. You can't get a little bit pregnant, right? So uh, that's uh, that's the way we're going to leave it for uh, for this week. Appreciate your phone calls, all of your email correspondence. It's uh, greatly appreciated. You want to send something along now that we're done for the day? New no problem. Alex is always standing by. The phone number, one The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I'm going to rattle off a couple quick websites for you. You can use any time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is tons of information there and the uh, the timely website you guys put together just a few weeks ago and again something you should visit if you have concerns that is covidrights.ca as well we'll see you next time here on the employment law show news talk 580 cfra